Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 101.1 FM, The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. You're going to receive lots of really great travel tips and photos and opportunities to really get more involved in dreaming and thinking about travel. Travel, we love travel. And speaking of travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to and from the world. And you know what? When you fly home, you're home. By Appalachian Realty. If you're thinking of changing your scene from a farmhouse to a neighborhood, you need to visit my good pals over at AppalachianRealty.com. And by Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. They are home to one of the most iconic landmarks in western North Carolina. Look them up at ChimneyRockPark.com. And by Private Italy Tours. You know, It's always the right time to go to Italy, and these are the guys who can take you there. 2019 tours are available now. Just visit private-italy.com. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel Facebook page. You'll find opportunities to listen to past podcasts. Again, you'll get great travel tips, photos, great place to visit Speaking of Travel Facebook page. Well, you know, we talk a good bit on Speaking of Travel about how travel can sometimes be a little daunting experience, especially if you're traveling to a place where you've never been before. Maybe you don't speak the language or know anyone there. I mean, how could you not be a little afraid and uncomfortable? Getting out of that familiar zone is really hard. But the the truth is that some of the very reasons why we travel is to make memories, not to mention seeing gorgeous sights and amazing food. Of course, we love the food, because even though it might be daunting, it's always rewarding in the end. Well, my guests today, Mark Medlin and Patrick Fitzsimmons, recently took a trip of a lifetime to Patagonia and certainly added some challenge and excitement to their lives. Mark and Patrick were willing to venture outside of their bubble of protection and live this adventure to the fullest. Mark and Patrick, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you. Thanks, Marilyn. So I know you guys, and I've heard your story of travel to other places, but this trip to Patagonia, that was a big, big deal. And I want to hear more about how you even came up with the idea. How did you even come up with the idea to go to Patagonia? Well, uh, I know it's hard to believe, Marilyn, but we turned 60 last year. What? Yeah, I know it. And uh, <clears throat> a, couple of, a couple of good friends of ours also were all turning 60 in that same year, and we thought we needed to get together and do a big trip and have a 60th year adventure. And so we were looking to go someplace that would be unusual and uh, adventurous, and uh, we uh, ended up going to Patagonia and other parts of South America. So, Mark, let me ask you, when you were thinking about, okay, we're going to go on this big adventure and it's our 60th and let's just go for it and get out of our, you know, get out of town. Patagonia, what did you just open a, a, you know, atlas and look at where's the most 
exotic place we could go that's the <laughs> furthest? No. Um, actually, and we went with two women friends as well who were also turning 60. All of us were turning 60. And um, one of those women said, we're going to go to South Africa. And then I began to look at the tour. None of us had ever been on a package tour before. We've all worked in not-for-profits our whole careers. We just didn't have the money to spend that way on travel. So, um, But this was going to be a package tour. So I started looking at the details of the South Africa trip. Well, it involved getting on and off a bus at every t- stop with 45 people on the bus in addition to the four of us. It was a total of about 50 people, including the driver. And I just didn't think I wanted to spend two weeks and a whole bunch of money getting on and off a bus in Africa like that. So I was the one that found the South America tour, which was just 22 people at half the size. And it involved more out of doors walking and hiking and that kind of thing. So it wasn't. It wasn't a bus tour, exactly. So once you made the decision, we're going here, tell us a little bit about how your planning process started. I mean, you had to have a plan. Well, and we did it <clears throat> We did it via email with four opinionated people all giving their opinions, so, so it took a while. I'll have to give Mark a lot of credit. He's a great researcher and finder of, of good deals and whatnot, so he did a lot of the, of the hard work. I knew I wanted to go to Patagonia, but I didn't know all the details, so I kind of stayed out of that this conversation. But the other three all had lots of opinions. It took a while, but we came up with a really good tour. And so from the time that you decided that you were going to do the Patagonia trip— to the time that you actually left, how give us an idea of the time uh, frame from beginning plan to actual leaving on the trip. It was a year. It was a whole year. Yeah, it takes a long time. And, you know, the thing that I learned is that these tours fill up. The the popular tours, the ones everybody wants to go on, and, and I didn't know it, but Patagonia is like one of the top areas people are going to right now. So those tours sell out the fastest. So you have to put your deposit down very early. And we all had our deposits down more than six months out from the tour. I think that's really important for people to understand that sometimes, you know, especially when you're making a big, big trip plan, that it takes time, Mm -hmm. really takes time. Well, let me ask you, you know, I don't even know if I'm certain where Patagonia is. You know, and Americans have, I think, a little bit of a challenge when it comes to geography. So why don't you give us some idea of where is it? I mean, I wear it. I have a Patagonia (laughs) shirt. Does it come from Patagonia? I don't know. Well, Patagonia is the southern portion of South America. So it's uh, included in Chile and Argentina. And it's the southern portion of the the continent. And it actually means uh, land of big feet or land of giants, is what the Spanish uh, explorers named it that. And they named it that way to scare away other other, uh, explorers. You know, know, who would want to go to the land of giants? So it uh, encompasses a part of the uh, of Argentina, which is basically the plains, and then the uh, southern end of the Andes Mountains, um, and f- much of it is essentially uninhabited. Uh, like so, we took we did end up taking a tour during that portion of our of our trip, uh, simply because getting there is not very easy. There are, really are no roads and uh, very few uh, other ways to get around. So at least when, uh, for, for the the really southern part, the wild part of Patagonia, it depended on us to to go on a tour. So tell us. A little bit about how you even 
uh, got there? Like, where would where would you fly into? And and did you meet the group there at that airport? How did just give us an idea of how that unfolded? Well, we flew from Asheville to Miami and spent the night, and then the next day. That night at 7 p.m., we got on a plane that flew from Miami to Buenos Aires, Argentina, which is over 5,000 miles. So um, it's an all-night flight. Um, you can do it several ways. You can do it nonstop from Miami. We actually found a slightly cheaper flight that flew to Santiago, Chile, and then we got on another plane, a local plane, and flew from Santiago to Buenos Aires. Um, so it's an all-night trip however you however you do it so then when you got there to buenos aires you met this group yes we met them in buenos aires these 22 people in our tour guide and then and we spent a couple of nights there seeing buenos aires and it was we arrived on december the 30th it was 94 degrees because that's the height of their summer which is you know totally flipped from us so that was kind of hard getting used to that new year's eve it's nine over 90 degrees you know and there's no fireworks so uh, it's a very different kind of experience down there well how did you feel when you got off the plane what you know leaving a cold environment stepping off the plane in buenos aires people aren't speaking the language it's hot did you just for a moment did you feel how did you feel well, one thing I think we were we were surprised that Buenos Aires is, is a much bigger city than we that we were aware of. It's like 12 million people or something. So it's it's like going to New York or something. So it was a huge city. Of course, it was the middle of their summer, and to go there, you really need to go at that time of year because Patagonia is chilly even in the even in their summer. So you have to go in our winter. Well, when we come back, I want to talk to you about clothing. What did you wear? How did you know what to wear? Patagonia, Buenos Aires is so exotic. Mark and Patrick, thank you for being on the show. We'll be right back. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park's annual pass holders can look forward to endless adventures. The Outcroppings Trail to the park's iconic chimney is the ultimate Stairmaster. Hike with your kids to Hickory Nut Falls, one of the tallest waterfalls east of the Mississippi. Or take the new Skyline Trail to the top of the mountain. Pass holders are treated to exclusive events as well as special deals at the park and area attractions. Upgrade your day ticket to an annual pass during your visit. 
People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. The gravel crunches under your shoes. Steam rises from a cup of fresh Italian cafe. The light, cool morning air lightly brushes your face. Your villa stands close by. This and so much more awaits you as one of the few lucky travelers to join Private Italy Tours during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. Come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on... My guests today, Mark Medlin and Patrick Fitzsimmons, recently took a trip of a lifetime down to Patagonia and that whole area. And we were talking with Mark and Patrick here about uh, getting down there, what it was like. You know, I talked earlier in the introduction about stepping out of our familiar zone and you know, kind of taking a risk. And, you know, Mark, I'm going to direct this to you because I know that, um, you know, this was a big trip and you were turning 60. There was a lot going on. I'm sure for both of you, there was a lot going on in your head. But for you, Mark, here you're going to be traveling with with Patrick, but also two other people going someplace far away. Um, how did you feel about making all these big, big changes Mm and you know kind of like i'm gonna go but i'm not sure if i really want to what was that like and i do want to get back to what did you wear Mm -hmm. so fill us in well um you know as i was saying none of us had ever been on a package tour so we didn't know what to expect and you have to pay a lot of money for this kind of experience but um we once we got to our hotel in Buenos Aires, our tour guide met us, and that night we had a dinner and met our companions. And immediately, I realized there is some value to buying a tour package because there were things like it was funny because they said to the four of us, our tour guide said, "Now in the morning when we get ready to leave uh, the hotel, just put your suitcase outside the door of your room." And we said, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll just carry it to the bus. We can do that. You know, we're trying to be good do-gooders. And he said, no, you don't understand. That's part of the service. We're, prov- we're doing this for you. This is your trip. So we're like, oh, oh, okay. So this is, this is kind of neat. Um, so th- I felt very taken care of. I didn't really feel scared or nervous or anything. And um, he was very informative. He took us on some tours of Buenos Aires. 
And then we got on the plane and had to fly another 1,300 miles. It's like flying across the United States to get down to a little town at the northern part of Patagonia that's called El Calafate. And that's where all the tour trips start their tour of Patagonia. So it's way south of Buenos Aires. So that was a lot of traveling just right there. How were you feeling, Patrick, as far as, I mean, was there a big time difference? What was going on as far as jet lag? Um, no, not really. It was a long flight, but it was overnight, so it wasn't too bad. And I think they're in the t- same time zone and very close to ours, so it wasn't uh, too much of, of that kind of problem. Uh, but I was I was very excited. I mean, get, get, I had been wanting to go there for some time, and so it was quite exciting to get to someplace so far and remote. And let's back up just a minute, because you had mentioned that when you got there, it was December 30th, so you were in Buenos Aires during the New Year mm-hmm. celebration. What did you all end up doing? Well, actually, I went out that night, and there was a lot of parties going on. They were um, quite expensive, but I crashed a party at the Hyatt Regency, and it was great. It was like a lot of money to get in, but I just kind of snuck in, and I got the free drinks and free food. It was great, and it was uh, quite a celebration. And didn't you say a woman walked up to you and invited you to Samba, and you went right out on the floor with her? Absolutely. That's what I was doing. But come on. <laughs> You're going to be in Buenos Aires on New Year's Eve, eh? That's right. Well, Happy New Year. So what a way to start the new year and your new decade. Mm-hmm. You really were you were going big, you guys. So you get mm-hmm. down there. You're in this little airport, and you're getting ready to start the tour. And it's kind of cool because it sounds like you, by having dinner and, and having this introduction, you knew kind of these other people. Mm-hmm. Did, that make you feel comfortable? I guess it did, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. And they were very interesting. They were all from all over the country, all over the United States and Canada. Um, very diverse group. Retired professors, retired doctors, engineers. I mean, it was, a, it was a really interesting group of people. So then you started off. So let's just take, let's take the itinerary and, and tell us a little bit about how, how you stepped off into this grand tour. Well, we left Al Calafate, and um, first we went and visited the Moreno uh, Glacier, which is a, it's a incredibly beautiful and quite large glacier. And actually, it's one of the few glaciers in the world that's actually uh, growing as opposed to shrinking, um, which is unusual. Um, and on this hike over on the glacier, you get right up in front of it. I mean, you're like you know, close enough to touch it even. Um, and uh, it was it was an incredible day. And luckily, the weather, which can change, uh, is very variable. It changes all the time. Was it just perfect this day? In fact, most of our trip, we really lucked out. So we spent that first day hiking around the Moreno um, Glacier. And, uh, you know, it was, it was quite a trip. And then we left from there and went over to Chile the next day uh, to uh, the most beautiful place on Earth, which is Torres del Paine National Park. And you've probably seen these, the pictures of the mountains there. They're really rather rather impressive. And we were there for a couple of days. Uh, some of the days going hiking. Stay, th- th- there's not many places to stay there. There's only one road in. Uh, and there's only, I think, maybe one or two places to actually stay there. Uh, but it was very a, a nice re- uh, hotel. And you had these picture windows. And when you looked out your window, it was like, it was like you're in a fantasy land. It was that kind of pristine and that kind of beautiful. Yeah, that was the biggest surprise for me is when I thought of the of Patagonia, I heard that word. And like you, I thought of the clothing line. And then the second thing I thought of was just grass 
flat, boring landscape, you know, kind of the pompous grass of Argentina was what I thought of from elementary school. And it's not like that at all. It has these incredible mountains that are more jagged than the Alps that you see pictures of. They're snow-covered. There are these huge blue lakes. um, And it's just an amazingly diverse, exotic Landscape that it that I just had never seen any pictures of at all, really. So it, it, it's quite, quite amazing. Um, and that Torres del Paine, the the national park there, there in Chile, the way they approach national parks is very different. They want to keep people out of the national parks, so they don't pave the roads. They just have a very few gravel roads, so not very much traffic can go through the park. You have to get off whatever vehicle you're on and get out and hike, and that's what they want. They don't have very many hotels at all. There's no commercial area. So they're they're doing their best to keep it all very pristine. Were you a little bit surprised at the um, absence of so much commercialism? That you usually see when you travel? Yeah, they actually they told us that was their record year. They had had a million visitors. Well, if you think about the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, I think they have 14 or 20 million a year or something like that. So it's very different, far fewer people. So, okay, you talked about the changing of the weather, that it could change on a dime. You know, I talk a lot on speaking of travel about packing light. How did you pack light when you didn't know what the weather was going to be. I'm just curious. Well, you, <clears throat> the weather would change rather quickly and, and, and somewhat dramatically. Now, it never got real cold, but it was cold that you had to have a, a jacket, so a Patagonia jacket would be advisable. Uh, but they advised us, and they were correct, that you need to have a variety of clothing so that you can put layers on and put layers off. So have a sweater, and you had to have something that was uh, uh, waterproof because you, you get wet a lot and the water's quite cold. Uh, and then so you, you would be, at one part of the day, it would be like a nice spring day, and and then a storm would roll in, and it would be winter. And then later on in the day, again, it would be spring. So you had to have the uh, layers to put on and off. And tell us what the uh, tour group uh, company was that you went with, because there's so many. Yes. Um, um, let's it was put a, in a plug for them. Yeah, it was a company I didn't know anything about. It's called Gate One, and they have a subsidiary that's called Discovery Travel. Discovery Travel are these smaller groups of 20 or so people, and they go to boutique hotels. So their hotels tend to be four-star, a little nicer, and very indicative of the local area. So they have a good reputation, and you felt that um, the level of service, it sounds like just by virtue of them picking up your suitcases for you, was pretty high. We we were very pleased with them actually. The, the the guy was great, and it was it was like Mark said, it was a smaller group, and and the Discovery Tours. Uh, they, they tend to do more adventurous travel, so you're not just getting off and on a bus. You're doing things like going hiking, going boating, and a little more adventurous than some tour packages. Well, you guys love the adventure, and you took the adventure of a lifetime. Mark Medlin and Patrick Fitzsimmons here on Speaking of Travel, talking to us about Patagonia.
leave ordinary behind with a visit to Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Surround yourself with breathtaking views of Lake Lure and the Hickory Nut Gorge while enjoying six hiking trails, rock climbing with Fox Mountain Guide instructors, and Animal Discovery Den, unique events, and more. Whether you're new to hiking or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone at The Rock. To plan your next Chimney Rock adventure, visit ChimneyRockPark.com to see an online trail map and a listing of the park's upcoming events. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Did you know that we all have a very powerful travel assistant right in the palm of our hands? It's our cell phone, and it can be used wisely in a number of ways when you're taking a trip. Before your trip, email an itinerary to yourself, including all addresses, phone numbers, and directions. Take photos of your luggage and the tracking tag, just in case it gets lost. Download books, movies, and music to enjoy while on your journey. Use your phone as a GPS to find your way around. It's your clock, automatically adjusting to any new time zones. You can stay in touch with those at home. Most cell phones work around the globe. You may have to do a little research about this ahead of time, but worst case scenario, use Wi-Fi and free texting or messaging apps. Your phone is your alarm clock. You can use it to access the Internet while on your journey. And of course, it is your camera equipment, photos and videos. Did you know you can download video editing apps to make quick and easy vlogs about your trip? Have a great trip. This has been Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport. When you fly home, you're home. Whether your trip to Italy reminds you of days past, a honeymoon, or a long-ago backpacking trip, come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. Picture your own private villa or four-star hotel, private guides who speak and understand the local culture, and days planned for your ease and comfort. This and so much more awaits you during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on we're here today with Doc Lawrence as he travels across the Gourmet Highway. Today, old Doc is in Austin, Texas. That's the capital of the Lone Star State. Hey, Doc, I know if there's anyone who's going to keep Austin weird, it's you. Hello, Marilyn. I'm here today in the capital of the Lone Star State, Austin, Texas. This is a place that you would love to live, and I know I would, in a heartbeat. U.S. News and World Report, the great magazine, just selected Austin, Texas as the best city to live in in the United States. The Chamber of Commerce here has a slogan that it's the music capital of America. Well, in a friendly way, I'm going to differ with them. I like the unofficial slogan a little bit better, Marilyn. Keep Austin weird. 
That doesn't mean to populate the city with freaks, hardly. It means that the local people here of all generations and all disciplines and all preferences like the lifestyle. And while they welcome the technology, the academics, the freedom, the music, they still want to be Austin, Texas, and not another city in a faraway place. Maryland always book a room at the historic Driscoll Hotel. It's regal with a tradition that goes back well over a century. While when you walk in, you see a portrait of Lady Bird Johnson and Laura Bush. This is a place where you might run into Willie Nelson at a given moment. And no one would think much about that here. Willie's home folks. Well, I had lunch here many years ago with the great Texas governor, Ann Richards, one of the most colorful, decent people that I've ever met in my life. Maryland, I think I just saw Matthew McConaughey having lunch with a beautiful woman over there at a table. No surprise there. Austin is another big city that is also pedestrian friendly. Yesterday, I got going early to meet some friends for an early breakfast, and as I got near the restaurant, I heard a live country band playing Merle Haggard's classic, Big City. You know, it's been a long time since I've had ham and eggs and danced to country music, but I did it here in Austin, and you can too. It's just that kind of place. Austin is the home of the University of Texas, with the world's largest research library. Born on the campus here at the University of Texas was Austin City Limits. Austin City Limits now is the longest running show on PBS, and many of our great stars were first introduced to a national audience on this marvelous music show. O. Henry, the great American author, lived here and wrote some of his best works here in Austin. Teal Beverage, the name, might not mean too much to you, Marilyn, but Tito's Vodka sure would. Tito's is sold all over the planet. It's won every award you can win, and Tito Beverage, the man, invented it, crafted it, and he lives here, and what a super guy. Austin is the global center of high-tech business, and it's a city that gave America Whole Foods. You know that Amazon uh, really was almost born here, and they've now merged with Whole Foods. This is a high-tech town where anything is possible in the American dream. Nightlife in Austin can't be matched anywhere. you got to go to New York City to come even close. But this has a western and a southern flavor to it. And who knows, you might see the next Willie Nelson, the next Merle Haggard, the next Johnny Cash at any one of the hundreds of clubs that are open every single night. Food, Austin is still Tex-Mex, but let me tell you something. It is a gourmet center, and you can go over to the Driscoll's Fine Dining Restaurant and determine that for yourself anytime. Well, Marilyn, I just put on my Keep Austin Weird t-shirt, and I got my Austin City Limits cap ready to wear, and that means it's about time for old Doc to hit the road. So this is Doc Lawrence for... Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel on the Gourmet Highway here in Austin, Texas, saying goodbye for now, and I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Doc, Austin is my kind of place. We're going there together sometime, that's for sure, because I want to dance with you in my cowboy boots and drink some of that Tito's. Happy travels to you, Doc. Talk to you next week.
With Mark Medlin and Patrick Fitzsimmons, we're talking about Patagonia. So tell us about um, you're there in the beautiful mountains. You're in the National Park. Where did you head off from there? Because you were gone for a couple of weeks, like three weeks almost, right? Well, we uh, were we got back on this uh, small fancy tour bus we were on and uh, rode from the Torres del Paine National Park down to a small town that was right on the Pacific Ocean and we boarded a cruise ship, a 200 passenger expedition cruise ship. It was designed by a Chilean family just to explore the Chilean fjords. So at the bottom of South America, the Andes drop off into the Pacific Ocean and just the tips of the mountains pop up out of the water. And this is for thousands of miles. It's doing this. So um, we got on this cruise ship. We didn't know what to expect. We'd never been on a cruise ship. um, But there were people from over 60 countries from all over the world. It was very international. And again, the staff of the ship, the tour guides, were just great. And then we uh, we traveled around for like four or five days through the Chilean fjords, and it was you know breathtakingly beautiful. But most interesting for whole, that entire trip, we never saw a road, a town, a person. It's a totally uninhabited wilderness, and and incredibly beautiful. You know, it's just a bunch of glaciers and waterfalls and mountains and and whatnot. So it was really beautiful. And the, the, it wasn't just riding on the boat. Uh, and it wasn't one of those big cruise lines. It was a, a much smaller version. Uh, so in the morning, you would get off the boat, and they would take on these little inflatable boats over to land, and you, could, you would go hiking in the mornings, and then you'd come back, and in the afternoon, you'd do that again. So you had these hiking trips, which is pretty incredible. And, and the, the first day, I remember we got back, so it's like probably noon. And, and while we were on our hike, we came back. The uh, staff had set up this little uh, picnic, if you will, and, they said, and the guy says, would you like to have a hot chocolate with scotch in it? And I thought he was joking, but he wasn't. So that was, they were very – they took care of you right. They did indeed. Mm-hmm. And then you were on this ship for how long? For four or five days. Four days. Wow. So you had nice accommodations. You felt comfortable. Yes. I wouldn't say it it wasn't fancy like a large cruise ship, but it was very comfortable. A huge picture window looking out on the snow-capped mountains. And uh, the ship was constantly in motion. I mean, it traveled a lot of miles the whole time we were on it. And, and there was no cell service. There was no Wi-Fi. So it was our technology addiction treatment program, whether we wanted it or not. So. And how did that make you feel? It was great. Um, we, You know, you just focused on conversation with other people. They had lots of public areas, lounges and, and whatnot where you could sit. And the food was outstanding. It was standard cruise ship, incredible food and lots of choice. So the dinner conversation was really interesting. Especially if you had people from all over the mm-hmm. world. You must mm-hmm. have made some new friends and mm-hmm. and enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, and it included people I would never have thought of, like the German ambassador to Mongolia, his wife and his twin two-year-old daughters. You know, really unusual people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. your mind just opened up, and meeting all these new people, having that quiet must have been something else. When we come back from the break, I want to talk more about how you were able to just get yourselves into that place and then take that through the rest of your trip, because there's still a lot more to come, right? Mm-hmm. 
Great. That's right. Well, Mark and Patrick, thank you for being on Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be back after the break. Gravel crunches under your shoes. Steam rises from a cup of fresh Italian cafe. The light, cool morning air lightly brushes your face. Your villa stands close by. This and so much more awaits you as one of the few lucky travelers to join Private Italy Tours during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. Come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park's annual pass holders can look forward to endless adventures. The outcroppings trail to the park's iconic chimney is the ultimate stairmaster. Hike with your kids to Hickory Nut Falls, one of the tallest waterfalls east of the Mississippi, or take the new Skyline Trail to the top of the mountain. Pass holders are treated to exclusive events as well as special deals at the park and area attractions. Upgrade your day ticket to an annual pass during your visit. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on this is Marilyn Ball, your host, right here on Speaking of Travel. I'm talking to Patrick Fitzsimmons and Mark Medlin about their epic adventure down to Patagonia and Buenos Aires, and you were on this boat, and now you've gone through, you know, this amazing passage of no noise. What was that like? No noise. I mean, it sounds like this whole trip was kind of uh, soul searching in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, we, it was wonderful, actually. It was definitely more of it wasn't a culture 
a travel experience as much as it was a nature uh, travel experience. And I, I thought that was wonderful. You know, it was really great to be in a place that, that was really wild. Uh, and that really appealed to the, the wildness inside you as well. And so it was an experience to be not only quiet, even though there was people around, but you were in a place where there were no other humans being. Uh, so it was, it was sweet. So, Mark, after you got off of the uh, boat, the ship... They don't like it when they call it a boat. It's a ship. Uh, did you get back on the van, on the bus? What happened from that point on? We ended up at Ushuaia, Argentina. It's a, a city right down at very close to Antarctica. In fact, that's where all the trips to Antarctica leave from is this town called Ushuaia. And we flew from there back to Buenos Aires. So that was like a three-and-a-half-hour flight all the way back up um, to Buenos Aires. So, and that's where you started. Yes. But that's not where you ended. Well, that's where the tour package trip ended, was at that point. And we had, the four of us had planned a follow-up one-week vacation on the beach in Uruguay. We had never been to that country, and we had heard about the beaches there, and that it was a very inexpensive country to vacation in. So I had planned for, a, I'd found a place for us to stay right on the beach and that sort of thing. And... Um, but then while we were on our Patagonian trip, Patrick, who's a very spontaneous guy, said, well, we need to also go to these tremendous waterfalls out in the jungle of Argentina. So in the middle of our trip, he planned for us to go there as well. It's and fun. what is that? It's Iguazu Falls, which is on the border between Brazil and Argentina. It's the largest waterfall system in the world, and it's it's incredible. It's just an incredible place. And we, <clears throat> I tried to uh, make arrangements to go there when I was still back in the states, uh, but it was finding travel was very expensive. But I, I said, you know, when we get there, we'll find a way to get there, and we did. We found a local little airline that was much cheaper, and so you fly into the jungle, and you're at this waterfall system. At some places, you'd be standing, and you could see waterfalls as far as the eye could see. It's like 275 waterfalls. It's just an amazing, it's like one of the great uh, wonders of the world. And it, it, was, it was disappointing. We were that close. We had to get there. So we took, it only took two days. We went there, I think, spent one day there. was all we spent. Uh, but it was just incredible. And the way the park is made, you can, you literally walk right up to the waterfalls in any places and even under them. So it's, it was, it was pretty fantastic. It and all we, sounds so exotic. It was. And then we, then we flew back to Buenos Aires and then took the boat across the, uh, the bay to, to Uruguay, uh, and spent our last few days, uh, in this cute little beach town in Uruguay. It was a perfect way to end a, a, a big trip. Ah, oh, that sounds wonderful. So you had time to just relax and chill out. But didn't you go, I mean, isn't this like the end of the world place? It is. In fact, uh, <clears throat> while we were on the ship, uh, we went to Cape Horn, which is the southernmost place on, uh, on the planet. And lucky again for us, it was a nice day. We were able to uh, get off the uh, ship and climb up onto uh, Cape Horn. So as a result, we are now officially uh, Caponeros, and uh, uh, you get certain rights, apparently. Uh, like, we, we don't have to take our hats off when we meet the queen. I haven't had the opportunity to test that yet, but I was told that was my right. Well, you definitely want to take it off when you go into the restaurant. <laughs> right. Yes. So, okay, so you did that. I mean, this is an epic adventure that you did. You you really were able to step out, and there were risks involved. I mean, spontaneity, not knowing. You know, it sounds like these airplanes must have been kind of tiny. Were they small? No, they were. No, um, the... Um, 
kind of the standard size of an airline in the United States. So they weren't they weren't unusually small. Right. But just the idea of mm-hmm. flying into the jungle. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say um, it was a local airline, kind of like Allegiant or a, one of those. And um, it was interesting because when the plane landed, everybody on the plane applauded like maybe they we weren't going to get there safely or something. <laughs> so that was not very reassuring. But there you were. Yeah. And then tell us a little bit about this beach place, because I've, I don't know anything about the, this country well, Uruguay. The, I don't even know that I could pronounce it correctly. Yeah. The uh, major city there is Montevideo. And uh, so a lot of people just go there. But we decided we wanted to have a beach experience. So just northeast of Montevideo, there's a little town called Atlantida. It was like going back to the 1950s. I mean, everybody has old cars, old motorcycles. Everything is very laid back. It, it was just a very interesting experience. And we were there right in the middle of their summer. So all of the families from in the interior of Uruguay were going to the beach to have their family vacation. And they're a very family-focused country. So a family vacation means all your aunts and uncles, all the grandparents, all the cousins, everybody in these big clans are all renting houses or multiple motel rooms. And they're all on the beach all day long, sitting all together in their family groups. So it was a really interesting experience. And Mark, in his research, found this great little place for us to stay in this little town. And it was a a restaurant that had six rooms. So it wasn't really a hotel. It was more like a a small inn right on the beach. Really sweet. Great people. Uh, We got to to befriend the the locals there a little bit. Uh, It was it was very quaint. So what would you say are the biggest gifts that you received from these experiences that you had on this big epic adventure that you took? Well, I think being in places that are really wild and places in nature that are so much bigger than you and feeling connected to places like being in these incredible mountains in in Chile or being on top of Cape Horn at the southern end of the the planet or being on the edge of these huge waterfalls. Uh, So just the opportunity to to be in the wild and, and realize that you're part of that wilderness as well. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that that's it. And, you know, the, our tour guides, we would go to some incredible natural place, and then they'd say, okay, put your phone cameras down and just be in the presence of this place. And then we would all be quiet for a minute or two. And just those little moments of connection were really profound, really meaningful. And what about the people that you met? Not only the people who were in your group, but the people that you met, you, Patrick, were just talking about the local being able to have somewhat of a local experience and getting to know the proprietor of the little place where you were staying. Mm -hmm. Did you find, because you went to some very different countries, what what was it like? um, How did you feel as far as the people? Well, one of the experiences we had in Uruguay, we were on like a local Greyhound bus kind of thing going from Montevideo to Atlantida, and we kind of got lost. We didn't know what we were doing. The people on the bus just helped us do everything. I mean, they really went out of their way. They were speaking English. They were 
guiding us to do exactly what we needed to do. And we were so grateful. And we said, you know, this you're so generous. And she said, oh, you don't understand. As a citizen of my country, I owe this to any visitor who comes here. So we felt very honored. And they were very respectful and generous with their time and with us. And, and that was just remarkable to see. Well, I certainly hope when people come to visit our country that they would be able to say the same thing. In mm-hmm. fact, that in itself should be needlepointed and put over everybody's <laughs> fireplace yeah. to, as a reminder that kindness goes so far mm-hmm. anywhere you are all over the whole world. So as you approach this new decade and this new time, are you thinking ahead? Do you have another idea as to where you want to go next in your big adventure scheme of things? Uh, yes, we haven't quite figured out yet, but we've narrowed it down to a few places, unusual places we'd like to go visit. And so we hope to go on a trip um, next winter as well to, to someplace warm and uh, exotic. Warm and exotic. Well, I can't thank you both enough, Mark and Patrick, for being here on Speaking of Travel today and telling us about this wonderful trip. And when I put this on social media, on Facebook, I'm going to post some of these amazing pictures so that people can not only hear your wonderful stories, but be able to visually see what this exotic, beautiful landscape looks like. So thank you both so much for being here today. Well, thank you. Thank you. Our pleasure. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. This week, as you go out, be thinking big. Think about where where can I go that I've never been before that might seem a little bit crazy, a little bit out there. Do a little research. Look up Gate One. I've heard some great things about that travel company. You know, just Google someplace. Look on a globe. Put your finger on it and say, I'm going there. Even if it's just to New Jersey, just go somewhere. And remember, as you go off and have a great week, don't postpone joy. Joy.